0: just hit me in my my mind just a second ago is where was it Lily May not Lily May Michaela young lady that was up here she had a heart on her necklace I don't know where she's at but it just reminded me of my heart and just is telling me now it's all about the heart because you guys don't know what you're doing to these kids lives amen it's what it's all about but it's all about the heart so week one we learned about generosity it's all about the heart what you give is what you get. If you guys remember the whole thing about judgment, condemnation, and forgiveness. Remember, we always people always talked about uh, what you give is shaking down, pressed together, running over, so men, give unto your bosom. We know that, we remember that, and guess what ends up happening when we talk about that kind of stuff? We think in service, a pastor will come up, and you guys remember what I did a couple weeks ago when I sat down and said, in God, wants you to give. You guys remember all that? Do I have to do it again? No, no, no. no? Do you... Do you Was there a deacon in here that can help me out? Yeah, you remember it because I I need some help today. Praise God. But we use that scripture in the wrong context. That scripture literally tells us if you give judgment, you'll get judgment. If you get condemnation, you if you give condemnation, you'll get condemnation. If you give forgiveness, you'll get forgiveness. Amen. So we also learn that God is interested in your money. Hmm. Yes, he is interested in your money. Why? Because Luke 20, I mean, Luke 12 and 34 says this, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Oh, What do you mean? God's interested in your money because he's interested in it because whatever you invest in is where your heart's going to be. Maybe you guys don't understand. Maybe some of you guys invest in Bitcoin, or Bitcoin, whatever it's called. Whatever you're investing in, you go back and you'll look to see where your money's at, if it's doing good or if it's going bad. Amen. Amen. So in that point is, if your heart is in your investments, if your heart is anywhere else, we know where your heart is. God knows where your heart is. But if your heart is in the kingdom of God, that's where your treasure is. When you get your heart saved, guess what? Your wallet will get saved too. And last week, Pastor Kaya, there's been glory in my house (laughs) last week. Pastor Kaya reminded us once again, it's all about the heart. Proverbs 4.23, it says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. And Jeremiah reminded us, Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says, the heart is de- deceitfully wicked above all things. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yeah. She talked about people saying, you, want, you know my heart. I would give. God knows my heart, though. Yes, he knows your heart. That's what he's trying to tell you. It's desperately wicked. Yeah. Pastor Kai gave a great example. Of how, to, um, how well, um, oh, forgot about this when she talked about her homework. You guys remember about her homework? When she, yeah, when she looked in the book and she was like, how am I going to do this? And somewhere, something told her, look in the back of the book. And she found out the answers were in the back of the book. And she was like, oh, this is going to be a great semester. Right? And I thought it was cool and everything else. But um, <clears throat> at, the, at the end of all that, when it came to test time, She didn't actually do the work. She just copied the answers. But when the test time came, you know, like some of us, when we read the the Bible and we get all the answers because we know what to say, we, yeah, man, blessing in, blessing out, blessing this. Oh, God, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But then the test comes. And you forget, I never did the work. The answer's in here, but I need you to see the works. See, back in the day, I'm just going to tell you something. Kai, you did a great job. The test, you failed, but I am letting you know, that's cheating. It's going to tell you, it's cheating. See, back in my day, a teacher would put more importance on quizzes and tests than homework right but nowadays students will pass a class even if they fail their tests and then they'll move on to the next level maybe you're catching this analogy and maybe you're not i don't know about you but my god he's a pass or fail kind of god when he when a test happens either you're gonna pass it or you're gonna fail it there is no i'm just gonna move you to the next level Yes, I'm tired of this ribbon thing. Either you're going to win or you're going to lose. But we just pray for grace when we lose. Amen. Sometimes, hey, I've taken the L before. Now, speaking of a test, every time, somebody say every every time. Every time. Every time we get paid, there's a test. Somebody look at me and say, What test? <laughs> Y'all know you've been in school, been in, you come in, and the professor says, Okay, when everybody to put their books down. As, as soon as you hear that, you know it. He said, We're about to have a test. What test? Just to let you guys know, and this is not even in my notes, I'm just going to tell you guys something. If you study before the test, you'll be prepared for what's going to come. See, if you get the word of God in you and you start working it out, when the test comes, you'll be prepared for the test. I, I, I was sitting down and I was thinking when I was in the hospital and, and I was getting ready to have my heart transplant and I was sitting there and, and we were waiting and my wife was telling everybody what was going on and I was sitting there and I said, Lord, if, but we, we will sit here and we will wait patiently. But I was sitting there thinking. I said, like, "Lord, I'm 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 using patience," and the Lord was telling me, "Yes, the patience that you're using now, that's not the patience that you were acquiring before. You you worked up your patience early within the um the uh, stroke for your time of having the heart transplant, and what you're experiencing now is going to prepare you for the next test. Do you guys understand what I'm saying?" See, some of you guys are praying for for patience in a situation right now, but if you didn't work on your patience before you got to the test, you're going to end up failing the test. So I would rather study and work and get to that place that when the test comes, I'll be prepared for the test because I had my patience. I've worked on my patience. I worked out my soul salvation with patience. So when the test comes, I can be quiet needing nothing but we learned about the test see malachi chapter 3 and 6 says this god says i am the lord your god i do not change the world may change our society may change but god doesn't change can i get an amen amen I don't want a God that changes every time I I think something else happens. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says it in his word. You guys hear that whole thing about Malachi when he talks about, bring me the tithe. Bring it to the storehouse. He said it then. He's saying it still today. See, we learned that tithing is a principle of ordinary behavior. Tithing is a way to keep us blessed and to keep us from being a curse or actually being cursed with a curse. It's bad when you're cursed, but it's worse when you're cursed with a curse. So today my message is, am I generous? Am, not am I generous, but It's a question asking yourself, are you generous? So before we get to this topic, I want you to understand that God created us all to be blessed. How many want to be blessed? God already created you blessed. That's the problem. People saying, I'm trying to get my blessing. You're already blessed. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. God created you blessed. Watch this in Genesis chapter 1. We're going all the way back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, 27 and 28. I'm going to read this. So God created man in his own image. Wait, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God created blessed them and god said to them be fruitful mm, and multiply oh glory hallelujah fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth i need you to understand this right now this says when god created man and woman he turned around and he blessed them from the beginning. Man and woman, he blessed them. They were created blessed. And then he turned around and said, I've given you, I made you, I created you bless, a blessing. You are a blessing to be fruitful and multiply. Since I've given you the blessing, you're supposed to turn around and give that blessing to your family from generation to generation to generation. But if we aren't multiplying, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? He created you blessed to be a blessing. Not not blessed for yourself, but blessed for your descendants, blessed for people around you. Oh, come on, you guys. From a fleshly perspective, most people, including Christians, want their cup overflowing. It makes life more convenient. Can I get an amen? I'll be honest with you as a pastor. I like to be convenient. Is that that the right word? I like to sit down in my room and with a nice couch and air conditioned. It's convenient. It's convenient to sit right now with the A.C. blowing. Convenient. You can't lie. Everybody wants to live in comfort and convenience. But I want to tell you something as I prophesy. Comfort and convenience is not found in the Bible. I, I don't know. Who's here today? comfort and convenience isn't a luxury found for us as Christians. I'm sorry. I know the word of faith movement is still moving, but I'm here to tell you, if you're trying to look for the word of God to bless you to the point where you have a bunch of money, you got, you got this whole thing wrong. It's called witchcraft. People use the scripture to try to get things that they want. It's called witchcraft. What we need to do is, if I'm going to get blessed, we need to be like a, what do they call that? A, 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 not a sieve, but a, um, a collinger. Is that what it's called? You guys know what it is? Like you put spaghetti in it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And the water falls out. That's what kind of Christian I desire to be. God, just pour whatever it is on me. And I, whatever's around me, I want you to get blessed too. I'm telling you, there's some people in here, if you want to sit, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just getting excited about the point of us being generous and being blessed with what God has given us. Praise God. God really created us to be a blessing. And to be a blessing, to be a blessing, we have to be blessed. But first you need to realize that you're blessed. Blessed. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You need to realize that you're blessed. Yeah, you're in an uncomfortable situation, but you're still blessed. You may be broke, but you're still blessed. You may be sick and ill in your body, but you're still blessed. I need you to understand and hear my words right now. The word of God has already said that he has blessed you. He formed you from the dust of the ground. He blessed you and said, be fruitful and be multiplied. We get to this point, saints, that we sit down and feel like we don't have anything and we leave our blessing alone. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He said, I blessed you, and if you're blessed, you're a blessing. Yes, yes. Somebody say, blessed. blessed. Yeah, blessing. Not lucky. Not lucky. I'll tell you guys something. Fortune cookies, horseshoes, four-leaf clovers, rabbit foot, feats, whatever you want to call them. You know what else? Crystals. We are living in the day that we are trying to mix the word of God and then put witchcraft in it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to some of my real quick. This, this is what I was saying earlier. We could sit down and go, I'm going to just get at home and I'm going to get some sage. And I'm just going to walk around here. And God, I want you to come and bless me with this sage. Just come your presence. Oh, yes, God, I feel your energy. I feel your energy. Oh, oh, yes, God. Yes, God. I want to tell you guys something. That, do you realize that there was a whole bunch of different Jesuses in the Bible? but not the son of God. While you're doing here, talking about Oh Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And, and even some of y'all are, are calling on the name of Jesus and that ain't even worship. Bless. Not lucky. Those crystals that you got today, you got them. While I'm preaching, I'm just telling you right now because this is not on my notes. And this is what the Lord is telling you. You better take all your stuff now. Pull the, 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 the throne of Baal down and take it to the altar. Burn them. Crush them. Lay it to, at the feet of Jesus. And repent. It's okay. I don't even know where I was. I don't even know where I'm at. too much too many of us as christians are 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 trying to see do you guys realize something see back in okay i hate to do this because i'm from the streets but every time we get something to drink i say i want to take it straight lace no chase some of y'all understand that if you're gonna give it to me give it to me straight lace no chase i i want no water no ice boom that's how i want it right you guys with me on that some don't get don't get holy with me right now i'm just telling that's how i want it but what happens is when it's straight lace no chase it's tough it's hard but eventually when it's like that you're able to tolerate it and that you want it that way because you want the effects of something straight something pure but what we end up doing is we want to sit down and dilute the drink with water with ice a little sweetener to make it wheat so it's good for our palate. I am preaching. But we should not dilute the word of God. Come on, saints. You are blessed. You are meant to be blessed. You will always be blessed. Yes, you got a bunch of stuff going on, but you got the word of God. You need to stand flat-footed on the word. I'm tired of this. The stuff that's going on in the church. Why, Why as a pastor do I have to sit down and remind people of God what's in their hand? influencers, even pastors, when you got the word of God for yourself, that I got to sit down and remind you to cast down your idols. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God to bring it into captivity. Let it go, let it go, let it go. I'm sitting here and I, and I do. I, I, love, I love the art of preaching. I love it. It's good, it's good. But right now I just can feel what the Lord is saying. He's saying to my people, I, I don't need, you should know what tithing is. You know what generosity is. You know, we all, it's built in us. God so loved the world that he, and if God's the one that gave, he created giving, So when he gave, created, given, he gave that same DNA to Adam. So it's in us. So why can't we just read the word of God? We don't need crystals. We don't need rabbit's foot. We don't need all these things. We just need the word. The answers are in the book. And the test is coming. So prepare for the test. I want to uh, declare something with you guys. I declare that living a blessed life is better than trying to have a lucky life. Why bank on chance when you can have guarantees? Watch this. Genesis 5, 1 and 2 says, this is the book of the genealogy of Adam in the day that God created man. He made him in the likeness of God, the DNA. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. What does that say? I'm going to summarize it. When God made man, he blessed them. And he blessed them with the DNA, generosity to give from creation, man was blessed, but because of Adam, Adam's disobedience, because of Adam's disobedience, we are born under a curse, you're still blessed, but we were born under a curse. So, God created a way for us to be blessed, to be like him, to be in his image again, to receive his DNA. God created, watch this, giving. To give. When we give, we become a blessing, and in turn, God makes sure that we are blessed. Because God loves to give you things, because he wants to give. I'm trying to think. how to put this. How am I going to put this? God wants to he wants you to be a steward yeah. and he'll give you stuff. Cause a lot of people think that oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sometimes what happens is God's going to give you something. And when God gives you something, you go, okay, God, I'm going to take this. And I'm going to take the 10% that you asked to ask for. And the rest is mine. That's what most Christians think. That 10%. That's what God requires. 10%. And you say, the rest is mine to do what I want to do with it. No. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He says, just give me back that 10%. The rest you need to sit down and pray about maybe I maybe maybe there's things that at my church that needs to happen I'm, I'm gonna give I'm going to give the 10th I'm gonna come and bring back so this is the reason why I don't say I pay my tithes because if I pay for something I expect something back I, maybe you didn't catch that <laughs> pastor Jenny giving it's not transactional it's transformational you guys get, get that. When we give God back what's his, it's, 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 a, it's his. But when we give, when we come and give an offering, it's not about a transaction. It's about transformation. Because when we are giving, we're like God. That's the transformation. Man. Turn with me. John 12. John 12. The book of John. Praise the Lord. Some of you didn't get it. I'm Pastor John. My favorite book is John. John. God, God, God made sure that, that the book of John, 1 John, 2nd John, 3 John. John, the one whom he loved. There was a man sent by God, and his name was Oh Sha John 12: one and five. Then, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There made him a supper, and Martha served, uh, excuse me, but Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil, of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Woo! But, there's always a but. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, put his whole name out like that. Just putting yeah, his whole government name out, right? Simon's son. matter. You know Judas Iscariot? Simon's son? Who would betray him? This is what he said. Why was the fragrant oil? This is Judas saying this. Why was the fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii? and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box. And he used it to take what was put in. So you guys see that? Let's, let's, let's put this picture in our mind here. Jesus chilling. They made a, made a dinner for him. He's sitting there. He's the guest of honor. Next to him is a guy he just raised from the dead. You guys know the story of Lazarus. Lazarus is chilling. I don't know if he still stunk, but he was still there because they took off the gray clothes. Everybody's in the house. Right? Martha comes in, right? Or Mary comes in. Mary comes in, breaks open the the box anoints jesus feet takes her hair and washes his feet now you guys understand i need you to put, picture this we, there weren't tennis shoes there weren't streets wherever you were walking you get dusty and dirty and and it's a custom that when you come into the house you take your sandals off and then you walk in so she came in as a servant a woman to wipe the feet of jesus now watch this nobody else had the idea to bless god they just wanted to be around him because he's the guy but she reverenced him and she gave all she had she broke it she broke it see once they put that oil in there they seal that box Because usually what people will say, and I know a bunch of theologians say different things. Usually they will use that box to anoint her when she dies. And it's a lot of old money because she knows her sins. She knows she couldn't pay for what she had done. That she couldn't pay for what she had done. So she knows she was a harlot. So all the money that she got, she got for this. Because she knew somebody, there was somehow that I would be able to get free from my sins with this oil. But I turned around and came to Jesus because he's forgiven me of all my sin. You raised my brother from the dead. So now I'm going to break open what I thought was going to make me holy. And I'm going to wash your feet. Use my hair, which is the glory of woman. You guys ain't even catching this washes her feet washes his feet and then you got Lazarus the treasurer excuse me Judas turns around he's like bruh you know we got ministry to do Could have took that money that we were going to use for the chairs. Why would you? Why would you allow her to do that? You got the picture. Now here's the question: Why would Mary give such an extravagant okay. gift? or a generous gift? That's question one. Question two. Why was Judah so upset? If you look at the underlying layers of this text, you see two types of hearts that are revealed. Number one, a heart of generosity. And number two, a selfish heart. And how were these two hearts revealed? Giving. Giving. So when I ask this question to you guys, if, am I generous? I'm saying this in first person so that uh, we can ask ourselves this question. This question is that we should be asking ourselves constantly because we all struggle with being generous. And there's an enemy to our generosity. And that is selfishness, selfishness, uh, once again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm looking at Judas and he tried to, <laughs> you got to understand something, when he come and asked the question, why would you allow her to do this thing? Because we could have took that money and given it to the poor, but what people didn't realize in that whole thing is the only reason why he he, he, had, <laughs> he had a plot that wasn't revealed yet he was the treasurer what he was really looking at he was looking at the fact this is more money than i could embezzle yeah. selfishness do you guys know that the motto of satanism is this do what i wilt. selfishness you guys ever watch this show called hoarders Anybody seen hoarders? Do you guys know what hoarding is? Okay. We can all sit down and shake our heads in disbelief, but we can't imagine living like that, right? Nobody in here, and it's funny because like right now, nobody's like. All of us can't imagine living like that. However, the truth is that we all, all of us are hoarders by nature. Some of you guys, you guys hoard unforgiveness. Can't see it on the outside, but we can tell. Because most people that are hoarding, they house stink. I'm just saying. You're laughing, but you know people that got nasty houses. You come to their house, you're like, yeah, yo, oh, you know what? I got to go. I don't know. Some of The president's calling me. I, I just got to go. The same thing with people. When they, hoard un- when they hoard unforgiveness. You don't want to be around them. You know why? Because they stink. Attitudes. They be around you. You don't want to be around people like that. It's like, I'm cool. But hoarders. The part, the, the part about all this is we have all been told, are taught to get what we can get. And get all that you can get. Keep everything you can, and the one that dies with the most stuff wins. Right? What? You guys? I'm just going to tell you this. Just recently, was it 1.5 billion? Don't even raise your hand, because some of y'all got a whole bunch of tickets (laughs) sitting around that you were like mad. Because man, I'm just telling you. Everybody's sitting down thinking about what they could have done with that money. Amen. Amen. Who needs that much money? I'm looking. Nobody in here needs that much money. But look at what we've been thinking. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I go get all this land and I get this and I get that. And I'm like, I'm sitting there looking. Like I look at my wife. I'm like, why would I get a seven bedroom house? Who gonna clean it? I'm not. Oh, we're going to get maids and then we're going to do this and do that. Why? You don't need 12-bedroom houses. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you because I know once my kids, my, my teenagers are gone, I'm thinking about, what well, we getting us a, a two-bedroom house. Yeah, Papa, Papa, that's what a two-bedroom house. That's it. We don't need all that stuff. I'm going to tell you what I did. If, if, if I would have won that lottery, I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to pay my house off, did a little bit of money here and there and there. I would have gave it all to the church. It got, it got quiet. To, to the church. And I'm going to tell you why, because God blessed me to be a blessing, to be fruitful and multiply, to be a blessing to generation, to generation and generation. If I give my kids, and I'm sorry, I love them. If I gave my kids a hundred million dollars or I gave them a million dollars right now, they would kill themselves. But if I fortified into this church, a place where people can come and they can have their kids. When people like Reuben and, and Rio's kids are coming and, 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 and when, where were we at? You know, I was getting ready to look at you, Royal and John. When your kids come and their kids and their children's children and their children's children, that they have a place to come and worship God. Not a place for me to have a lavish house and nice car. I don't need that. Selfishness, selfishness, selfishness. Let me keep going. I do have to say this. You guys know what mine is? Mine. 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 Yes, you guys remember that. All the Finding Nemo, the Seagulls. Mine, 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 mine. Reminds me of kids. Mine. Talked about a couple weeks ago talked about my, my grandson John Bobby everything is mine you give it to him he knows he. and, and they don't look at me do you know one of the first words that kids would learn is mine it's usually mom or dad and then mine It's been ingrained in us. The definition is ingrained in all of us. And because all of us know mine so well, I believe that's why God used uh, the word mine in Malachi. He described it as the tithe. He says, says, the tithe is mine. Mine. Looking back at John 12 and 5, it says this. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? The scripture describes a selfish heart. Judas was, uh, had sounded like he cared for the poor, but really his motive was extra cash for himself. And so many of us become a Judas when it comes to being selfish. We will take what belongs to God and eventually we will sell him out for 20 denarii. But when we look at Mary's heart, Mary's heart was a heart of extravagant generosity. 2 Corinthians 8 and 5, it says, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. Do you know that she gave herself to Christ before he even died? She gave her devotion, her love, everything she had. So you guys, just real quick, I need to just, we're about to, we're about to um, finish There's three levels of giving. There's the tithe, there's the offering, and then there's extravagant offerings. Listen to me very carefully. 95% of Christians never reach the first one. 95% of Christians never reach the first one, and that's tithing. You'll never do the other two until you do the first one. It's all about the heart. You guys, I need to just share this with you again. Looking at these young children that were here today, you need to see that there is people here whose lives that need be touched. And because we're hoarding our own wealth for ourselves because we need to have what we need to have there's people that will die without them hearing the gospel because you want to hold on to this because i'll be honest with you right now out of all these people if i said go out right now and gotta find five people and bring them to this church you won't even do that be honest most of us won't it's all about your heart and see what we end up doing is we turn around and we sometimes we'll throw money at it because oh, I'll just give what I can give. Well, that's what Cain did. I, I, you guys know you guys know who Cain is not Eddie Cain. I went there. I went there. Some people know Cain. He had a brother named Abel right? Cain during the time was a time to give a sacrifice, time to give a sacrifice. Cain came up and he gave some of what he had to God. And then Abel came and he gave his best. And the Bible says that God had respect for Abel's offering, but didn't have respect for Cain's offering. He turned and said, Cain, listen, you know what to do. You knew I would have I would, I taken everything you had if you would have gave me what you had. But instead, you just wanted to throw a little something at me. And he says, listen, I'm telling you right now that sin is lying at your door because you're hoarding. You're holding on. And you know what he ends up doing? He waits for sin. He, he doesn't give. He, he had a chance to repent, y'all. But you know what happened? He looked at his brother because, you know, God was, he saw there was favor on his life. He got mad. Sin entered her in jealousy entered in and he turned around and killed his brother because he just threw whatever he had to god so just just let me just share this with you guys the reward of generosity i'm not even talking about tithe the reward of generosity mark 14 and 9 says assuredly i say to you wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world What this woman has done will also be told as her, as a memorial to her. I'm talking about Mary. What she did. I'm gonna gonna watch this. Here's the word of generosity. So now, when we mention Mary, she's not mentioned about her sin. She's remembered for her giving. You didn't catch that. See, see, right now, I, I see friends that, that remembered me as I used to be when, when I was sexy red, when I, when I was out there in the streets as J-Bone. They, they knew me back then, but when they see me now, they look at me, you know what they say? They go, that's Pastor John. I know who he is now. They don't remember me for what I was. They see me who I am and what I've done and how I've given my life to Christ. The same for you. I've sat down and I've seen I know people in here in their testimony and it's not for me to give it but there's people here I know for sure I've seen them before Christ and I see them after Christ and I know that what they used to be but we're going to be remembered for what they are now because they've given their life not just their life but all their life all what they had Proverbs 22 and 1 says this, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and a loving favor rather than silver and gold. So good. So good. My father. <laughs> my father's name. Some of you guys don't even know my dad. Been here since the beginning. My, something my dad has taught me. Matter of fact, he didn't even say it. He didn't sit down and and give me all this spill, but he showed me, showed me what a life of living for God and his family and his country looked like. He didn't even talk about it. He just showed it. And because of what he's done, there is generosity flowing. What do I mean by that? Watch this. Because God bless my dad. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna share some. My dad came from from pretty much utter poverty, yeah. Yeah. utter poverty, yeah. and he worked his way up. In the South, yeah. he did no excuses, but he kept his eye. Because I'm gonna tell you something. He had a mother that was a praying mother, yeah. 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 It right there. and he ended up as he went on with his life. Yes, my dad made a bunch of mistakes, but he kept his eyes focused on Jesus. Now, my dad's gone on to be with the Lord, but I'm going to tell you what he's left. I'm just going to keep a legacy. My dad had, they have two houses. My dad's gone. I'm just telling you, it's not about money, but it's about legacy. Because my mother is, my mother right now is living. She's here right now. Praise God. Because of what my father did, he made sure that my mom is comfortable. She has a house. She has another house. She's not for want for nothing. She has a family that my dad makes sure stayed with her because of the principles that he gave her. And all her family is saved. And then my dad gave her that. There's everything that. And then my dad instilled in me to do the same thing. So now I'm turning around and I'm giving to my family and my kids for this generation to the next generation and the generation and my children and my children's children. Yeah. It's the generations that God blessed Abraham with. Yes. Mary gave such an extravagant offering because a few months earlier, Jesus raised her brother from the dead. Maybe that's why she did it. But personally, I think she did it not just because of the few things that happened, but because of everything that Jesus had and did for her. God always Rewards generosity. And what is generosity? Generosity is giving without expecting anything to return. It's all about the heart. As I come to a close, Hebrews 11 and 6 says this. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. It's not about the amount. It's about the attitude of our heart that God rewards. It's our heart. We got to make sure that we are giving generously. You can't be blessed until you're willing to become a blessing. One cannot experience blessings unless they prepare to share the blessing with others. Proverbs 11, 24 and 5 says, give freely and become more wealthy be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I would like to think that we all someday will become known as mature Christians. And Paul speaks of this in Hebrews 5. He says, For though by this time you have ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have become, you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is, unlike, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil so listen you've just been taught today you've been taught the word of god i sat down here preached and i'm sweating generosity is what god has given us amen stand to your feet So today we have to ask ourselves, am I generous? Your answers can only be yes if you give extravagantly. God wants your extravagant offering today. And that gift is your heart. 2 Corinthians 5 and 8 says, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. He wants your heart. What good is it that you can sit down and use principles to get yourself better when you haven't given God your heart first. Once you give God your heart, then he can start working out on everything else. If there's anybody here today that says, this is this is me, I want to give my heart to God. Yeah, I know everything about him. I, I've, I've been to church, I've done this, I've done that, but I've never really given God my heart. If that's you today, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm just going to ask you to come to the altar because I just want to agree with you. I just want to pray with you. If there's anybody here like that, My second petition is this. If you already know Jesus Christ, and you know what? I've given my heart, I've given everything else to other things in this world. I kind of left my first love. You say, right now, I want to, I want to go back. I just want to rededicate my life to Christ. If that's you today, I just you can come to the altars. I want to just pray with you. Say, you know what? I'm going back to Christ. I'm going back to my first love. No longer do I want to sit down and go to these other idols. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. My third and final petition is this. If you're here today, and remember earlier, because I know I kind of brushed over it. If you have been guilty of worshiping other idols, mixing idolatrous beliefs with the word of God, practicing witchcraft unknowingly, walking around with sage, crystals, things like that. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to come to the altar today. This is your time to repent and give it to God. Is there anybody like that today?